Skullduggery Publishing Podcast, where the authors will read their short stories from the book, Decadent Selections. Well, hello. Hello. My name is Chad Long. Uh, um, I'm starting with a piece that, you know, if I botch this, I don't really care, because it, it was a lark. Um, it's about Frank Sinatra, who I've always just found to be one elegant bastard. I, I I don't have a whole lot of respect for him. He always seems sexist. And so I have ignored him. And I know next to nothing about the guy. And that's how this story happened, is that I don't know him. And they, there was a lot of freedom in that. <laughs> so this story is called Lies About Frank Sinatra. It's a monologue written for the voice of Danny DeVito. So I... I don't have Danny DeVito's voice. I, I wish that I did, but I don't. So you're going to have to imagine it. And I'm going to do an approximation. And it won't be equal to Mr. DeVito. Nothing could be. Nothing. But, <laughs> ugh, this is unnatural. All right. Let's have a swig of beer first. Okay. Here it is. You are ready for fiction, yes. Put down your train set, Tommy. Come here. Come over on the couch, Tommy. What? That face. That puss you're wearing. My made out of old meat or something? Come sit with your Uncle Artie for a minute. Your train set, it's aluminum. Same thing as pennies. I've got a pocket full of aluminum. You don't see me down on the floor choo-chooing like everything is free, now do you? Put down your aluminum, Tommy, and come and listen. Aluminum. Aluminium, as the Brits say. You know I've been through London? Yeah, all the time I've been there. You didn't know that? Ain't your daddy ever told you about your Uncle Art? I know I haven't been around. I know we ain't never seen each other before. Yeah, I'm, I'm real sorry. Probably missed some birthdays in there. Your birthdays. Hmm. Since I joined the program three weeks ago, I've been working the steps. Trying to make amends. I owe you, Tommy. I've been a real bad uncle. Let's see here. Seven dollars. I've got for you. Seven dollars. And a bus pass. You come out, visit your Uncle Artie in Hoboken. You can ride anywhere you want to go until April. Then you'll have to pay a dollar seventy-five like everybody else. So yeah, I've been to London. You know where that is? If I gave you a map, you could show it to me. You have a globe? No. No, I don't, I don't want you to get it. Maybe just look at it later and see where your uncle goes on your birthdays. I've been everywhere. Yeah, I went everywhere. I used to play around with Frank Sinatra. You know who he was? Maybe heard some of his stuff? N no, I, I didn't play on any of his records. But I did a Jerry Lewis telethon for some geezer disease with old blue eyes. So, you, you could say your uncle already made it to the big time. Now Frank, he was a dainty man. Real wild, too. First time I seen him, he's peeing on a mirror in a basement rehearsal space while yelling at the band. This was 1983 or thereabouts, and somebody had just mentioned Elvis. Frankie yes, he didn't have no kind thoughts for Elvis, said, That nobody's been dead for 15 years. We shall speak of him no more. That's the thing about Frank, then. He didn't have all his gears swinging. 
I remember hearing in 74, 78 that Frank Sinatra had gone nutty eating carpet samples in Tucson. It was a big rumor. Everybody had heard that he had a real bad meeting with his accountant there in Tucson and went off and drank some shoe polish. Then ate the carpet and yelled at the sun till dusk. Figured he'd won, I guess. Anyway, like I said, Sinatra was wrung dry. His head was a glass of leftover bourbon with a bunch of sand on the bottom. You didn't want none of it. He could no longer keep track of who was alive and who was dead, and if dead, how long the poor schlub had been planted. One night, he came up to me. He looked like he had just had his organs harvested. Gloomy would be a fancy way to say it. I ask him what kind of shit was going down. He says to me, looks me right smack in the face, I'm just a little wrecked up tonight. Dean Martin died 25 years ago on this very day. Now, Tommy, this is important. I knew Dean Martin was still alive and that my boss was nuts, but he was paying the bills at a big fucking house in Miami. So I looked at him and said, yeah, old Dean Martin, God rest his soul. You know what Dean said to me, laying in that hospital bed after the accident? Frank's eyes were watery like a broken fountain. He was choking up on real feeling here, you know. What could I do? I asked. Said he was queer. Been queer. I never knew. He was always around girls, flirting, picking out nail polish for him. Yeah, he always shared a room with his guard on the road. But why not? It was the 60s. I hadn't even ordered for George Wallace to be killed yet. That's the thing about Sinatra. Any goddamn thing could be coming next out of that $5 million face, and some of it was probably true. Frank was always talking, always looking. He needed a lot, that man. Tommy! Tommy, would you sit still? You can play with your goddamn aluminum on the floor when your Uncle Art isn't here to entertain you. Sit down. Sinatra, what was I saying? Were you listening? All right. You, you can hold the train set. Frank, he, he couldn't remember his own songs no more. They all sounded the same, of course, so he just made do. This, this is all going to be lopsided, Tommy. Like I said, your Uncle Art made some mistakes. Again and again, and then he had to find the program and do the steps. I don't remember it all too good. I have a problem when I drink. I drink, uh, I drink too many juice boxes and have to spend the night in the bathroom. I just drink too much. I like the way drinking feels. Oh, hell. Look at your own fucking mother over there. Sleep on the couch with a bottle between her knees. I used to do that. When Frank Sinatra did it, he didn't go to sleep. Your fucking father. Our dad was a drunk, so he married a drunk. Bad plan, you know. Nothing but disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, but I guess she had you. Uh, I just mean, to marry a drunk after what? Well, just saying. I found the program. Got myself fixed up. No big deal. No, Tommy. Tommy, don't, don't be scared. Listen, I'm sorry. Listen. I got out of hand. You're a good kid, Tommy. Real fine sprout. Ah! Ugh. <laughs> okay. Go put it up somewhere safe, Tommy. Take the bottle away from your uncle, Tommy. Wait. Wait. Ah. Okay. It's all yours. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy. Why don't you just put her back where it was on your mother's legs? Alright? Hey, kiddo. 
So every morning I would see Frank Sinatra in a bright silver tracksuit jumping rope through the halls of the hotel. That's how he woke up, and that's how he went from room to room. He told me that the jump rope gave him he told me that the jump rope gave him some kind of invincibility shield when he jumped it. It did, almost. Anyone who tried to come up to Frank when he was jumping rope to the vending machine or sauna took a snap. Most people kept away. Frank didn't remember any of his lyrics. I told you this? I told you this. Your Uncle Lot, he doesn't remember. But, yeah, we'd be playing Beyond Frank. It's a big grand ballroom theater, somewhere nice and classy in one of America's largest 250 cities. Maybe Vegas. Maybe Branson. We hit those places the hardest. But, anytime you saw us, you'd see this. Us playing, you know, da 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 dum da ba ba woo And Frank up there doing what they came to see. Grinning, chinning, and sinning. But he didn't remember any of the lyrics. He tried to figure them out. Chicago, don't know where to go. Winstown, I got to know. So very, very long ago. If we were in Chicago, it would be fucking great. It would have the meaning to the audience that Frank probably meant. Sentimental old dreams Frankie S. had kept hold of. Just saying thanks. But if we were in Texarkana or Reno, people would maybe have heard the rumors. They'd have thought just maybe that Frank Sinatra was fucking nuts. <laughs> that was if we were lucky. And Frank was just sh singing about Chicago. All he'd ever done was walk the boulevards, shop in pricey boutiques, drink and hassle meat inspectors. But his other city stories ain't so great. I remember one night in Macon. Frank had just gotten a fourth doctor to write prescriptions for him, so he was in a new world. He would still swear and drink and order pornography over the phone, but he could never fully stand up. He looked like he had a cyclone in his bowels most of the time, and his shoulders just wouldn't rise higher than three and a half feet off the ground. We used to tell him that he looked like a leap backward on a Darwin scale, and he'd drink and swear. Anyway, we were in Macon, Georgia, and Frank started singing about Missouri. Tommy... I, I don't want to tell you too much about wickedness, so I'll just tell you that Frank Sinatra was a party to some pretty mondo crazy shit in Missouri that you don't ever want to know anything about, ever. But he sang it to a ballroom theater called the Orphan Hatch on Seabitty Avenue down there in Macon, Georgia. Missouri, you didn't leave me a pot to piss in. You didn't leave me a moment to remiss in. I never knew the lights until you knocked them out of me. Missouri, you're just a no good, dirty broad. That I never see you again, I ask the Lord. I never ate a horse till your governor forced fed one to me. Everyone was bugging. Frank was bonkers. I learned to stay away, to never look him in the eye when he was grinning or sinning. There were bad times. Frank Sinatra wasn't all moonstruck lovers kissing under lavender skies and beer light. He could take you to badlands, places where nothing grows and cannibalism is the kindest thing going. One time, I went out to get some ice from the machine down the hall. I heard some swooping, but it didn't sound like rope to me. It wasn't, but it was Frank. 
He tied a bunch of telephone cords together. He jumped quickly, and I tried to keep myself safe. You young kids, he said. You post-war baby boomerang spoiled rats. You and your drugs and your sexual revolution. A sexual revolution? It's all yours, isn't it? You had sex, and so there must be a revolution. I laughed. You think everything is yours, you kids. You even think you invented masturbation. Well, you didn't. That one is mine. I invented masturbation in 1934 in a Hooverville 10 shack out by the dockyards in Jersey City. I knew it would be popular, so I did what everyone told me to do. I sold it to the mafia. The black markets, they took to it immediately. Within three months, I had made a cool million. Everybody loved me. The mob had guys out selling my invention everywhere. Even the president of the United States was buying. That's why I went blind, you know. But that happened after I got the Congressional Medal of Honor. I didn't... I didn't want to hear no more. Frank, he'd start to talk. He'd find all the words I didn't want to hear and put them in the worst order. Oh, Tommy. Tommy, what am I doing here? Are you scared? Hey, Tommy. Tommy, you're asleep. You're asleep, Tommy. This has all been a big bad dream. Your mom over there, she's just dreaming. Yeah, she came out here to dream with you. We're all together in this room on these fucking woolly couches and we're dreaming together. Our dreams have joined like smoke from refineries over a skyline and we're in a land of make-believe. Why is your mommy sleeping in a dream? Listen, Tommy, your mommy fell out of this dream for a minute. Why? Well, you know, what dreams are like. Slippery. One minute, you got 50 foot long wings coming out of your back and you're about to sail over a mountain. And then, you're in a courtroom getting beaten up by flamingos. Why? Dreams are like your brain being put back in its case. And then the case is put in storage under the bus. And the bus drives on down the road to Mexico City, like I used to do, talking about the bus I was on with Frank Sinatra here. And yeah, the bus shakes down gravel roads in Mexico. This is real life. And the instrument in its case, which is your brain, remember? It plays some notes in the banging that aren't part of any Frank Sinatra song and are just being played by gravity. That's dreams. What? Tommy, quiet now. An adult is speaking. What? A story about a boy named Tommy that fights bad guys. What? You want me to tell you a story about that? How the fuck would I know anything about that? Listen, I'd have come back for a lot more birthdays if I knew anything about that. Huh? What? Tommy, how about I tell you about a bad guy named Frank Sinatra, huh? How's that sound? What? Tommy, I ain't gonna talk to you about that. I'm just not going to. Hey, Tommy? Tommy, why don't you just play with your train set? You remember your Uncle Art now, but not this dream you had here with your Uncle Art. This dream was really silly. Let's don't remember. 
Like your uncle Art don't remember. Yeah. Good night, pal. Happy birthday. What a tremendous story. Good job. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story and possibly want to purchase the book or learn more about Skullduggery Publishing, please go to www.skullduggerypublishing.com.